We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Another edition of the DFS OGs podcast. Back to break down everything week 14 here in part one. I am your host, Chris Beermakers Fan Prince. Join as I am every single week by my boys, Head Chopper and Notorious. Guys, let's talk week 13 real quick. What went right? What went wrong? How did everything go? What's going on? Chop, we'll start with you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, week week uh, 13 was very forgettable. Uh, in fact, I, I wish I could erase it from my memory. Uh, you know, they had the nice little $100 buy-in millionaire maker, but ultimately it's still, you know, a pretty bad payout structure. But, you know, 100 bucks thins out the field a little bit. So I went for that. And, you know, you don't you don't have some of the big guys in there. You're going you're gonna to end up losing pretty much everything. And that's how that went. Uh, no Kelsey. Uh, was the first thing, and uh, man, you know, one of those what ifs weeks. Like, I just had too many running backs that I really liked, and so I couldn't quite fit uh, Philip Lindsay on there. And obviously, that comes back and bites you. And the way those things work, you look at his ownership at being right around twenty-eight percent or so. And once he has that kind of a game, and you don't have him, twenty-eight percent of the field—that's beyond the cash line right there. Yeah, you're pretty much you're pretty much sunk. So that's how my week went. Yeah, no Kelsey, no cash this week for sure. And Lindsey, just that home run hitter. You know, the guy put up massive numbers once again. So we'll see if he can continue that role. We'll talk about him when we get to that game. Derek, hopefully your week thirteen is a little better than Chops. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was close to a big week. I feel like I've been saying that a lot lately. So uh, maybe something will break through. Uh, ended up making a lot of good decisions with Gurley, uh, paying up uh, for two of my running back spots. But, yeah, no Lindsey for me, so that hurt. And I played Tyree Kill over Kelsey, which uh, also hurt a little bit. So, uh, yeah, for me, week 13's in the mirror and ready to get at it for week 14. All right, that's how we roll. Looking forward, let's start with week 14. We always start with Thursday night and break it down from the showdown point of things. we got Jacksonville and Tennessee here. Chop, we'll start with you. Two teams, it's tough to get excited about offensively. So is this a kicker game, a defensive game, or maybe you got some more offensive players that I'm seeing looks like an ugly game in my book. Nothing like kicking that week off with a little 37 and a half total on a <laughs> yes, game. Man. Fireworks, baby. This is, this is pretty nasty, but at least it's kind of a competitive game. And Tennessee's obviously in the mix for the playoffs. Jacksonville thinks they are, but, I mean, we all know that they're they're pretty much done. But they like to think they are, so I don't know. I mean, I would say that uh, at this point, 
Yeah, I'm leaning towards kickers and defense here, but Mariota, you you know, you can always float him out there on an island. You don't even have to pair him with anybody. Uh, maybe Joe New Smith, if you did, if you wanted to. This may be the Deion Lewis game. Finally, it would be it would be the Deion Lewis game that comes in an island game where you can only play it in the showdown. So maybe that's the guy uh, for Jacksonville. It's tough to get excited about any of these guys with Ke- with Kessler as your quarterback, but uh, I would lean Fournette. And if I'm going to take a stab on anybody, I'm going to take a stab on Keelan Cole. But yeah, I'm, I'm like you said in the beginning. I think I'm leaning right here, defenses and kickers to get it done this week. And they kind of price the defenses up a little bit. I mean, Titans sitting at 6K, Jags at 5,800. Those kickers, though, they're, they're still lurking down in the threes. So I think both those guys could be attractive options. Derek, this is your team, buddy. Tell us what the hell we're doing here with Jacksonville. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'll be doing. I'll be playing the Thursday to Monday slate, and I'll be fading this game completely. Uh, I'll let everyone else chase those points, hopefully. But if you are playing the showdown slate, yeah, it's pretty ugly. Uh, the only guy I really like from Jacksonville would be Leonard Fournette. Got that extra week of rest after being suspended. I think he's going to get, you know, 20-plus touches in this one. Even if they were playing from behind, it's a spot where they don't really have anything else uh, to work with. So I do expect, uh, you know, a lot of work for Fournette. It's not a great matchup by any means. Tennessee's been really good against the run. But I don't really want to play, you know, Kessler or any of his, uh, you know, wideouts there. As far as Tennessee goes – it's probably going to be a Deion Lewis type of game for me. Uh, Derrick Henry might get, uh, you know, have problem getting things going against the Jacksonville defense. They've been pretty good against the run. Corey Davis, I feel like they're going to sell out to uh, stop him a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, Deion Lewis and Fournette probably going to be my two favorite plays, but I think I'm just going to take Thursday off in terms of the showdown and then, uh, you know, take it off in terms of the Thursday to Monday slate as well. Yeah, it looks like a sharp move there. Just not play the game at all. I mean, and how the mighty have fallen. Keelan Cole at 2,000. I mean, the guy had such high hopes coming into the year and just as disappointed as has that entire offense. So, ugly game. I'll take a few shots in that showdown, but I'm with you, Derek. I think it's mostly a fade for me. Let's move on to Sunday and hopefully get some better games. Bad news is we're going to start one just (laughs) as bad as what we just talked about. Jets and Bills. Derek. My goodness, this is about as bad as it gets. I mean, the, the news here is Calvin Benjamin was released today. So do you believe in Zay Jones? I guess is the big question. Josh Allen, as much as we like to bash him and he, he takes a beating on Twitter, he's putting up numbers. So is that of interest or is this just another fade spot here? There's always going to be some appeal in a quarterback that can run. Over the last two weeks, he's had 99 and 135 rushing yards. So I do think you can play him in tournaments. Definitely not going to be my cash game, you know, go-to quarterback. I think LaShawn McCoy is at least somewhat interesting. I know uh, this game does have a low total, but, uh, you know, these two teams combined for 51 in their first meeting. McCoy played 75% of the snaps last week, had 19 opportunities, 15 rushes, and four targets. So if you're looking for a cheap running back with some upside, a game where they could be playing from ahead, uh, McCoy's not the worst play. I'll let everyone else chase the Zay Jones uh, production. He only caught four balls last week for 67 yards. Two of them happened to find the end zone. Uh, I'm not really buying it. I'll let others chase that. And then for the Jets, just not a lot to like for me. I know that uh, you know Isaiah Crowell looked pretty good last week, uh, handled most of the work out of the backfield. But this is a game where they could be trailing, so maybe it's an Elijah McGuire game. Uh, for the most part, I think I'll just be avoiding that side of the ball. Yeah, Zay Jones, one of the guys you like to have in best ball because you're going to get them big weeks, but I'm with you. I'm not going to trust that. I'm not going to chase that production. Chop, thoughts on Zay Jones and the rest of this game, Jets and Bills? 
Uh, Zay Jones, not very interesting, but uh, I would say that I do have some interest in some of these other guys, though. Like uh, Derek, I pretty much echo what Derek said. LaShawn McCoy, I mean, at some point you would expect a, a decent game out of him. So this is as good of a bet as any right here. He's getting the, the workload, the snaps, and all that other stuff, and here's some good competition. Josh Allen, I have some interest there. He's definitely moved on to the radar for me. Like, I, I laughed at him the first half of the season, but he's he's moved on my radar as a GPP every week quarterback. Put him in, in your GPP pool every single week. Not the cash game pool, but GPPs absolutely. He's got upside with that running, man, and I'm more and more impressed by him each game I watch him. So I can go with that, but – when I, do, when I do do that, I'm not going to have to pair him with anybody. I do like to pair my quarterbacks with receivers. It gives you that upside, but I won't be doing that with Josh Allen. There's a couple – you know, when I do my Roto-Grinders lineup builder, I try to manipulate it to where I'll pair a receiver with a – you know, a quarterback with a receiver. And But there are some guys I make exceptions for, like Cam Newton. I, I would accept uh, McCaffrey as his handcuff if, if uh, you know, I can get that set up. And then – uh, Josh Allen's a guy I don't want to pair with anybody, so it's just the way I view that. On the other side, the Jets, I would have a lot less interest in the Jets in general here. I, this is a pretty decently tough Buffalo defense in Buffalo. Probably going to be cold, nasty weather this time of year. I, I could probably pass on all that. In fact, I may even keep the Buffalo defense in my player pool. Yeah, I mean, 38's the total we're looking at right here. So, definitely defense. As Allen, I like the point there. I mean, the running ability. It, guy was not that much of a runner in college. So, it's, you know, kind of a newfound thing. But any quarterback can rush for 100 yards plus some upside with his arm is intriguing. I'll agree with you there. Now, Chop, I'd love to tell you it's going to get better here as we move along. But the next game, we got Giants and Washington. So, NFC East battle here. Washington, we know, took a beating in Philadelphia. The Giants, big home win against the Bears, though. So maybe they're playing inspired football here. NFC East, who are you liking here? Giants, Redskins. Well, how about that old man Peterson with the 90-yard touchdown? I mean, the guy just gets gets better with every year he's in the league. He's pretty, it's pretty incredible, actually. But, uh, yeah, this is an ugly game. I'm from the Washington side, they're down to the third quarterback, Mark Sanchez now. And um, – it's obviously going to bring everybody down. I mean, he couldn't he couldn't get the ball downfield on Monday night at all. Even if he tried, he couldn't. And so I don't expect anything out of him. Don't expect anything out of uh, any of the wide receivers because of that. But Peterson did break a ninety yarder against a tough run defense, and now you get the Giants, and you're at home. They want to feed him. They've tried to feed him all year. So I, I think. At this price tag, only 4800 on DraftKings, I think you can keep him in your mix as a, as a potential GPP option. And you also keep Chris Thompson in there, too, because of his pass-catching ability. Yeah, building them lineups, you got to set it to where they don't put Peterson and Thompson in the same lineup, though. That would be, you know, death. But I think you can keep them in the same pool, though. Chop, I got to ask you a question here. Talk to me. How does a guy bust a 90-yard run and then not break 100 yards for a game? <laughs> well, i tell you what happened was – Obviously, you know, I don't want to – the guy, they got down they, – they just wanted to play Chris Thompson. Once they got down, that was it, you know. They didn't even give him a chance. I'm, I'd like – I'd be curious to see how many – I don't have the numbers, how many carries he had in the second half. I bet he had, what, 
two or three more kids. than two to three. I don't two remember three seeing kids, him much. Whole my my yeah. other question is, how the hell did nobody chase him down? Come on now. Dude, he was gone. Did he you see that? Gone. I saw it. <laughs> But it was not like the Jets were turned on and he was gone, gone. I mean, I, I don't know, somebody, man. I'm going to have to get – somebody get one of them next-gen stats that clock the guy, so, you know, at, at, as top speed. speed. I bet that top speed was pretty good, man. But, yeah, he's he's good, man. So, being at home, being a – you know, only a four-point underdog, which I think you could honestly make this close to a pick if I was going to – if I was setting the spreads there. I think he's got a chance to get some carries, a lot more carries than he got against Philly. You know, they just – you know, once they, once they lost that lead, that was it. They were they had to force Chris Thompson in there. So, Peterson's about the only option on that team I, I really like. Though For the Giants, you know, it's the same old, same old. Saquon is your number one guy, go-to guy. Eli, don't trust. And because Eli's so bad, it's hard to trust Beckham. Everybody keeps chasing Beckham. But, man, it's all about Eli getting him the ball. If you can't get him the ball, then what good is he as Odell? So, Saquon's the guy. Odell's just a GPP option until further notice. Mark Sanchez, 4K on DraftKings, Derek. Interested or hell to the no? Buff fumbles back in our lives. Uh <laughs> No, no interest for me when it comes to Sanchez. There's another cheap quarterback that you can go to. And as we talk about a lot this season, uh, pricing at quarterback just hasn't been that tough. You can just pay up a little bit more to get an elite quarterback. So not too much interest there. And there's a lot of value at running back that we're going to get to as well. Uh, don't mind Chop's call when it comes to Adrian Peterson. Uh, you talked about his long run and those next-gen stats. I mean, if uh, Vernon Davis can be the fastest uh, touchdown scorer the week before on Thanksgiving, uh, I think AP could probably be – uh, beat him in a foot race so maybe uh he's still got a little bit left in the tank i don't want to play him in a cash game especially on DraftKings, where we don't get that pass game involvement that we're looking for in a running back but i think he's okay in tournaments no interest in anyone else from washington i know chris thompson uh came back but this is a week where we have two obvious value running backs and he's kind of expensive at 5400 and then yeah agree with job pretty much two people uh, that we're looking at from the giants saquon barkley he scored at least uh, 20 fantasy points in 11 of his 12 games so far this season. That's an incredible floor. The price point isn't too bad. And Odell, hopefully they can just let Odell play some quarterback. I mean, uh, he certainly looks better than uh, Eli Manning back there. Um, and this, he's going up against uh, Josh Norman. These are always fun matchups. The first uh, meeting this season, he got 8 of 11 targets for a buck 36. So I do think you can look at Odell, but – yeah, everyone just keeps chasing that big game, waiting for it to happen. So I, I guess I can't stop now at this point. Yeah, and this one did open up as a pick and was heavily bet on the Giants' side, and they're sitting at three-and-a-half, four-point favorites now. So old butt fumble, causing the line to move. And I agree, it's mainly the two Giants for me. I like the Beckham-Norman narrative, but is Josh Norman even that good anymore? You know, that's the question there. So Barkley mainly for me, Washington – Pretty much a stay away. Now, let's get to a real game here, Derek. How about a 56-point total here? New Orleans and Tampa Bay. New Orleans coming off that tough loss in Dallas back on the road again. So is that a concern for you? We know the narrative. Years after year after year, it's Drew Brees on the road. You can't play him. This is a historically bad defense for Tampa Bay. So where do you come out on this New Orleans team? Who are your favorites? Is it the receiving game? Is it Kamara? Is it Ingram? And then Tampa Bay. Look good offensively. Can they keep it going here against the Saints? Yeah, so it's worth noting that Tampa Bay has been a lot better defensively since they fired their defensive coordinator. I don't think that's really going to matter against the Saints. I still think you can play Breeze, but I will take Winston over him. 
especially with the $400 discount. I feel like I can get my exposure to the Saints offense through Alvin Kamara and uh, Michael Thomas. Kamara is going to be my favorite running back play of the week, and he's the fourth most expensive on DraftKings, fifth most expensive on FanDuel, so you're getting a nice discount there. He just does so much, uh, and he gets a lot of red zone work as well. Thomas, it's hard not to like him here. Um, he's coming off a back-to-back bad game, so you got the squeaky wheel narrative going there. This is a spot where they may, may lean a little bit more on the passing game. Um, if this game stays close, if it shoots out, we have two of the worst pass defenses in the NFL squaring off. So I could see this game you know, really shooting out, and uh, I like those two superstars for the Saints. And for Tampa Bay, uh, New Orleans, great against the run, bad against the pass. Tampa Bay's offense struggles to run the ball. They're really good uh, passing the ball. So I think it's a great spot for Winston. Uh, if Deshaun Jackson's unable to play, we could fire up Godwin once again. In the three games that Deshaun has missed, uh, Godwin has like 98, 101, and 105 yards, something like that. Uh, so 4,900, I think he's going to be a great value. He will be popular uh, after pretty much paying off everyone that played him last week. I think it's a good spot to go back to Mike Evans in tournaments. Uh, not a great matchup against Lattimore, but you know we've seen number one wide receivers have success against the Saints, and in their first matchup, you know, he put up uh, seven for 147 and a touchdown. And then you can go with the peripheral pieces as well, uh, Cameron Brait, uh, Adam Humphreys. I think they're viable. So you can stack this game. You can play both sides. Um, if you're making tournament lineups, I would uh, you know put at least a couple aside for this game alone. Yeah, for sure. Love this game. So, Chop, two questions. New Orleans, are you worried about them being on the road or all systems go? Tampa, I agree with Derek on the Mike Evans call. We saw Carolina rank very well against number one receivers. New Orleans, not so much, 27th in the league against number one. So with everybody on Godwin, Humphreys, where's your interest level in Mike Evans this week? Mike Evans specifically is uh, not not a guy that uh, I'm particularly fond of. He had, I know he had a really big first week. So – Lattimore, I just think, got off to a slow start this year, you know, and, and I think that that hurt the defense in general at the beginning of the year. They've picked it up. He's picked it up, and the defense has picked it up. So uh, Evans had that big game against him in week one, but last year Lattimore absolutely shut him down, both meetings, just shut him down. So, yeah, I don't have much interest in Evans, man, especially with uh, Godwin. You know, we can play Godwin now. And uh, you can even throw in some Humphreys. I like those guys' matchups even better than Evans. So, as far as uh, the rest of the Tampa side, yeah, I think Jameis is, you know, he is what he is. I just mentioned the other two receivers I like even more. I think you you got some touchdown equity with Brait right there. Uh, as always, I won't play a Tampa Bay running back. Haven't played one all year. I think I pay, played Peyton Barber one time this year, and that was it. And I won't start now. So, uh, I'm out on that. On the other side, I don't mind – going on the road here with New Orleans. They just lost a tough road game, and I would venture to guess that they are going to bounce back pretty pretty hardcore here in this game. It's Derek said the defense has been improving, and with the defensive coordinator change, I, I did hear they made a personnel change too a couple weeks ago, which has helped the defense also. But another thing that's helped the defense and the numbers in general are the fact that some of their recent opponents have been Washington, who they can't pass the ball. San Francisco without Goodwin, so that's that's pretty easy. And two times in the last four weeks they faced Carolina, who doesn't exactly have great number one and number two wide receivers. They kind of spread it out, so the numbers are kind of nullified there. So I'll, I'll bet on the talent here. I'll bet on the Saints and all their passing entities here. And 
you know, I think they're all in fine shape. All right, next game, guys. We got New England and Miami. New England opened up pretty big favorites, came down a little bit, a little action on Miami. So we're sitting anywhere between seven and a half uh, to eight and a half for New England, about a 47 point total in this one. Chop, I'm looking through the pricing and I see Rob Gronkowski at 4,800 on DraftKings. Never thought I'd see it. What do we do with that price? Because we know he's been bad. Can we play Gronk here at 4,800? Well, uh, I think, you know, Gronk is now just one of those tight ends that, you know, you have to, like, you have to look at him and compare him to the other guys in that price category because that's what he is now. He's a guy who is not a week-to-week safe option like he used to be, but I'm sure there's upside still there. So it's just like, let's say Ebron was in that category and Ebron had some comp. Let's say it was Ebron from, like, last year, you know. Like, it's the same kind of guy. Like, there's upside there. You just don't know when it's going to happen. But the safety isn't there. So, I mean, at 4,800, I'll take some shots on him in a GPP. But he's clearly not a cash game guy anymore. In your cash games, you're either paying up for an Ertz-Kelsey type of guy or you're paying way down at almost, you know, three grand range and just hoping you get something. This is like no man's land in cash games. But for GPPs, you take his upside. Uh, as far as the game itself, from New England, ah, they just got all the weapons. I, you know, Gordon looks good lately, so maybe Gordon. I mean, you can make a case for any of Edelman, White, Michelle, even Burkhead's back now to throw in some, take away some snaps right there. And but otherwise, New England is New England, man. It's hard to pinpoint this uh, when they're healthy. It's hard to pinpoint their fantasy performance. Miami's interesting because. I mean, it just seems like they're a, like, bottom feeder team. But they're 6-6. Six and six. They're, like, not bad. I mean, technically, they're still in the playoff hunt. So, I'm sure they think that uh, in their own heads they can, get, they can get there. But Kenyon Drake is the guy here. Either Kenyon Drake, uh, if you want to take some GPP shots on Kenny Stills or Devontae Parker, you could go there. But I think it's either Kenyon Drake or nothing for me. Yeah, that's how – if I'm going to run it back, it's probably with Drake, and even that I'm not too excited about. So, Derek, the, the running situation, chop hit on it. it. It's White, it's Michelle, it's Burkhead. Can you play any of them here? We know when all three are healthy, they're all going to get opportunities. As far as the receivers go, Josh Gordon likely dealing with Xavier Howard, kind of leading towards Edelman here, but he's 1,100 more than Josh Gordon. So, thoughts mainly on the New England offense and then anything of interest for Miami. Yeah, it's one of those spots where I like the Patriots offense as a whole, but I don't like any of their individual pieces. I don't trust anyone in the backfield uh, with White, Michelle, and Burkhead all splitting work. Uh, I think White's probably your best option on DraftKings, but he's 6,600. Uh, you can pay two grand more to get you know a guy that's guaranteed 25 touches. Um, there's a couple of you know, stud running backs in the slate. So can't really play any of the running backs. I like uh, you guys mentioned Gordon up against Xavier Howard. It's not that he can't win that matchup, but the Patriots probably won't need to go there. Uh, so I do like the Edelman call, but again, he's priced up. Uh, Gronk, don't really trust him right now. I would much rather play Eric Ebron uh, over Gronk. Ebron's basically getting double-digit targets, uh, and they probably have a better matchup. Yeah, he does have a better matchup against uh, Houston. So not a lot to like on the Patriots. I expect them to score some points, but I don't think anybody's going to have you know a slate-breaking type of performance individually. Uh, for Miami, yeah, it's funny that Chop mentioned the record. I had no idea that they were at 500 for the season. Uh, we get so caught up in the fantasy production that I don't really pay too much attention to the standings outside of the Jaguars, who uh, obviously aren't faring too well. But uh, Tannehill, he hasn't thrown for 300 yards in over two years. Don't really expect him to break that uh, streak this week. 
do think Devontae Parker's interesting. Uh, he ended up playing 85% of the snaps, seven targets last week. Two of them were in the red zone. So if you want a deep tournament flyer, don't mind him. But probably not a ton of exposure for me in this game. All right, let's move on to maybe the game of the week. You know, Football-wise, DFS-wise, this one is very intriguing. We have Baltimore going to Kansas City here. Kansas City about a seven-point favorite here. What was intriguing is the total up and up at 49. It's bet up quickly to 53 here. So, Derek, we know what the Chiefs are. It's just a juggernaut. So pick your favorite Chief. Do we play them all? Is there a fade in there for you? And then Baltimore, I think it's more of a hold. We don't know if Flacco's going to be back. Are they going to go with Lamar Jackson? Are they going to play both these guys? It's tough to pinpoint what to do with Baltimore. So let's focus mainly on the Chiefs. Do we just keep pressing them buttons and putting them in our lineups? Yeah, I think so. I'm not too worried about the matchup against Baltimore. This is a spot where defenses may not matter uh, as much as they appear on paper. You know, Vegas still expecting to score close to 30 points. So you got to like all the Chiefs, especially since they are priced down on DraftKings. The only issue for me is that Baltimore has just been running the ball so much that opponents just haven't been able to run that many plays against them. So if Joe Flacco ends up being out again and Lamar Jackson's a quarterback, I just expect them to run a ton of, uh, you know, running plays once again. And it's not that Mahomes and them can't, you know, put up 30 points uh, quickly, but I'm not sure how many plays are going to be running uh, if the Baltimore offense is able to sustain some drives. So I do like the discount on Mahomes. I'll be using a ton of him in tournaments. Uh, I'll go by, back to Tyreek Hill. I know he's got some wonky home road splits, but uh, he definitely has, you know, those slate breaking type of upside that we're looking for in tournaments. He's not a cash game option uh, like I wanted him to be last week. Spencer Ware, he did, uh, you know, get most of the snaps, had 69% snap rate, 14 carries, one target. But uh, after the game, it sounds like they kind of want it to be a three-man committee moving forward. So uh, I'm not sure I want to uh, play Ware in this spot. Um, I'll let other people, you know, chase that production last week. And obviously, uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be viable. But yeah, for Baltimore, just going to be a wait-and-see approach with Joe Flacco. If he ends up playing and, uh, you know, gets a significant number of snaps, whether they split it with Lamar or whatever, I do think you can bump up these receivers. It's a great matchup. It's a spot where they're going to be playing from behind and they're going to have to keep up a little bit. So I will give uh, the receivers for Baltimore quite a bit of a boost if Flacco ends up getting some snaps. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, John Brown's been on the side of a milk carton for, for a while now, Crabtree as well, and that, that's Lamar Jackson. But a couple things here with Kansas City, Derek hit on – Spencer Ware chop, so thoughts there, 5,200, so not quite the free square we saw last week. And, again, a committee there. They brought Sharkandrick West back into the fold, a guy that they trust. So that question, and then Tyree Kill, thoughts there. I mean, I love going back to this guy. The price is down to 8K, and if you watch that game, he was close to two bombs, and it would have been a huge game. Everybody's playing Tyree Kill, but the people that are just looking at the box scores and the fantasy points on DraftKings – aren't going to see that. So do you expect him to be maybe lower owned here in a good spot to go back to? Yes. Uh, yeah. Good questions. Interesting game here. Uh, I would say, yeah, like Derek said, we're getting that discount on Kansas city on some of these guys. So we can play that. So just trying to analyze this. I, I love Tyreek Hill again. I'll go back to that. You know, I think, uh, I, I mean, you could just obviously see the, this guy running down the sidelines and catching two or two long touchdown passes in this game just because, I mean, we all expected it last week and it didn't happen. So this would be the week it happened. So I like Tyreek Hill. I like Travis Kelsey. Love Mahomes' price here. The running backs, that's interesting as we everybody was locked into where last week. 
Would you call that a disappointment at 12 DraftKings points, guys? I mean, for 4K, Man. what's dis- well, I'll tell you what's disappointing for me about it was that it, it locked up a spot for me where that could have been Philip yeah. Lindsay. And in hindsight, Lindsay, Lindsay was only $1,500 more. I should have spent the money. But what, would you classify 12 points as a, as a letdown for four grand last week? I would say he got you there. Like in cash yeah. games, you're probably like, okay, I'm happy with that. In tournaments, and he did appear in six of the top ten lineups somehow with that done, but I guess he got it done. It, it, to me, it was more of a disappointment than I feel good about it. Eric? Yeah, for me, everything's relative, and we had a lot of other running backs have big weeks. Uh, so I would say it was a disappointment, especially at that ownership. Uh, you kind of wanted 20-plus uh, if he was going to be that highly owned. But, yeah. Yeah, so – as far as those guys are this week, man, he got the price bump. This is a tough actual running matchup, but obviously Kansas City could do things. Like in my head, I'm thinking they're not going to be able to run the ball, so they're going to try to pass out of the backfield. He could be that guy, but it seemed like they wanted to get Damian Williams more in there in the passing game. So maybe Damian Williams at dead minimum 3K is the guy to go with this week. If they do decide Spencer Ware is the guy in the passing game and I don't have – I'm not in the Kansas City practice sessions. I don't know what their plan is. But whoever they want to get the ball in the passing game with Tyree – or with uh, – man, who's the guy who hit the woman? <laughs> I forget his name already. Kareem Hunt, you already yeah. rolled him off, Tyree. Yeah, he's out of there. He's, out, he's dead to me now. <laughs> so, with Kareem Hunt out of there, I mean, I, I'm not sure we know who they want to have as the passing back. So whoever that guy is, is is the guy I think is going to have a big game here. So, I mean, I guess you could take shots on both of them. Baltimore on the flip side, if Lamar Jackson is the quarterback, I'll play him because of his rushing upside. If he's the quarterback, I still don't have any interest in the wide receivers because he's not a good passer. I don't think Gus Edwards – this is not the Gus Edwards game for me. It it may be a Ty Montgomery game because I still think KC puts up points and puts them behind the eight ball and they have to pass. Um. But the splits for KC at home and on the road, pretty dramatic as far as their defense. Their defense gives up like 17.5 points a game at home, uh, 32 points a game on the road, uh, three, 335 yards on the, on the road, 238 at home. Like the Chiefs' defense is really fueled by the crowd. I don't think it's a fluke. The crowd, the weather, whatever it is, but I think they're a, a bit better of a defense at home and – so I don't have like, – I'm not going all in on Baltimore just because I think they're in catch-up mode and all that other stuff. I, I'm, I'm limiting my the Baltimore shares this week. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, that's a very difficult place to play. Maybe the hardest place to play in the league. But maybe Chiefs defense could be a sneaky play, Chop. 2,300. I, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to look at that one. So, you know, if, it, if it's Lamar Jackson, I'm interested there. If it's Flacco, you know, maybe he's not 100%. You get some turnovers. But – I like that call looking at them. But the Ravens, tough to get excited about that one. All right, three games left here in part one of the DFS OGs podcast. Thank you to everybody once again for tuning in. Let's move on, guys. We got Indianapolis and Houston. Chop, what happened to the Colts last week? It was supposed to be three touchdowns from Andrew Luck. Uh, Eric Ebron actually did okay, but he was supposed to have a big game, T.Y. Hilton. They got shut out. So, do they respond here? Houston on an absolute roll. I think they've won about nine in a row here. So, does that run continue? Do the Colts respond? This looks like a fun game, Chop. What do you got? 
Whew. Yeah, this is a, this is a very interesting game because obviously Houston's you know top of their division and this big winning streak. Indianapolis is is seriously still in contention for a playoff spot. When we you know any of those teams sitting around there at that six and six range, six and six range, still feel like they got to. They're only one game out of the playoffs, so uh, it's an interesting game like that. As far as fantasy, uh, let me pull up. Let me pull up my Ty numbers because if my memory serves me correct, he always torches Houston in Houston. Um, looking I know back, he yeah, had that one big game. I remember that one. Yeah, last, last year, year he hit him up for five for yeah, thirty eight thirty eight DK points last year. He had. Uh, that one game a few years ago where 40 points in Houston. So, I mean, he's had some success there. It's, it's a it's a good environment for him. It's uh, more or less a dome stadium with, with artificial turf. So, that's where that's where he thrives, you know. He's he's a speed guy. So, I mean, you go to T.Y., Andrew, I, 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 I've been saying for, for this whole streak that Houston's defense is still – they're good, but they're overrated relative to what they are, you know, what I think they are. So, I still think they're a tad bit overrated. Uh, I think T.Y. can take advantage of it. I think Andrew Luck gets his three touchdowns here. Maybe Ebron gets involved. I don't have any interest in the running backs, but I think the passing game can thrive in this environment. For Houston, yeah, man, maybe a, an offense that pushes them is what is what Deshaun needs to get back over that, you know, one of them big old games where he throws for four or five touchdowns. I can definitely see that happening this week. So, Deshaun, uh, DeAndre, all in the mix. They've – Featuring Demarius a little more. Uh, if I'm, I think they activated uh, the, the freaking. Oh, Johnson Foreman. Yeah, Foreman's yeah. back now. So maybe, maybe we take a few carries away from Miller, and that's good because I don't want to play him anyway. Maybe other people chase him, <laughs> and he loses some snaps in there because Foreman was actually really good when he before he hurt his leg here last year, but. Yeah, so I'm all on these both these passing games. I think this has the potential to be a huge, huge shootout. You're, you're hurting Derek's feelings talking about Lamar Miller and taking him off the field, Chuck. Come on. See, Lamar Miller hurt my feelings these last couple of weeks with those <laughs> big games. Who would have thought if you, if you could wager on Lamar Miller and Adrian Peterson breaking off 90-plus yard runs before the season started, you'd probably live in a mansion at this point. So, Derek, what do we do with the Colts here? You know, Andrew Luck, I think, is an intriguing bounce-back candidate, but when you look at the splits, he's been so much better at home. I mean, 19 touchdowns and four interceptions – on the road, that's 13 and 8. Rating is about 30 points higher at home. Fantasy points is about seven points higher per game. Is this noise? Is it, I know the small sample police are going to get on me here for this, but any worry about that? Or do we go back to this offense here? I'm not too worried about luck splits. I know it's always better to play indoors, but uh, like Chop said, this uh, stadium does have a retractable roof uh, with the turf. So it's like an indoor game. And two of his bad outings were in the first three weeks of the season against Philly and Washington. So those are kind of bringing down his uh, splits on the road. If you look at his last like seven games before the Jags, uh, he was just crushing 22 plus in every single one of those games. He's only 5,900. So I do think you can look to luck. Don't mind Hilton. Uh, you guys mentioned the big games that he's had against the Texans in the past. He's had three 40 plus fantasy point outings uh, in the last three or four years so yeah I do like uh the, that combination a little bit and love Eric Ebron uh Indy or Houston one of the worst against tight end so far this season they're ranked 31st in DVOA against the position Ebron had 15 targets last week caught 10 of them uh, and he's just been a weapon in the red zone all year so uh with Jack Doyle out for the season I like Ebron quite a bit even at this price point 
And then the Houston side, yeah, I like the passing game for them as well. Uh, Deshaun Watson has thrown fewer than 25 passing attempts in five of his last six games. I don't think they can rely on the run as much uh, in this one. I think it's going to be a close game. So if Watson's going to air it out, then uh, he's going to be one of the top quarterback plays of the week. I like pairing him up with uh, Hopkins. Don't hate Demaryius Thomas if QT is going to be out again. But I won't be going to Lamar Miller just because there are two good uh, value running backs that we're going to get to here shortly. Yeah, we'll get to those in part two. So make sure you guys come on back for that, where we cover the afternoon game, Sunday night, Monday night football, and, of course, answer some user questions. But those guys, I think, are going to be a big topic. So make sure you guys come back for part two. Let's move on, guys. We've got two games left here, Carolina and Cleveland. This one sounds I mean, it's going to be a fun game here. Cam Newton, turnover machine. Derek, are we worried about that? Are we worried about his shoulder? Couldn't throw the old Hail Mary at the end. So – He's questionable. I think, obviously, he'll be fine. Seems to be questionable every week. Christian McCaffrey, 9,300, but continues to produce like a wide receiver and a running back one all in one. I mean, the guy never leaves the field. So can we play him at 9,300? And then the Cleveland side of things. Obviously took one on the chin last week in Houston. Do they respond here? And are you interested against Carolina? As far as Cam Newton goes, I think uh, if they would have won that game last week, his shoulder would have been feeling a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> I just get the feeling that they just played up in these losses, so not too worried about it. I don't think I'm going to be playing a ton of Cam this week. We know uh, Cleveland's defense has been much better. Uh, it's been really good all season, actually. Um, so as long as Baker Mayfield doesn't give you know Cam a bunch of short fields, I think uh, their defense is going to play well in this one. Uh, Denzel Ward could be locked up against D.J. Moore. Uh, so I think this could be a Curtis Samuel game once again. Uh, he's played well uh, last couple of weeks. Not sure I want to pay uh, 4000 for him, but I think he's interesting in tournaments. Um, if you're playing anyone from Carolina, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey. It's pretty easy to get him into your lineups, just the way uh, lineup construction is uh, shaken out this week with the value running backs. And it's just he can beat you in a number of different ways. Uh, he's got back-to-back 100-plus rushing game, rushing yard games, back-to-back – 10-plus target games. So he offers you a high floor and a high ceiling. I do think he's worth that price point uh, if you want to pay all the way up the running back. And then for Cleveland, uh, Carolina, they're known as a pretty good defense, but that just hasn't been the case. I mean, they're 27th in DVOA against the pass, and that was before last week. I'm guessing that that's going to drop even further uh, once we get the uh, new DVOA numbers released for the week. So I don't mind looking at Baker uh, in tournaments. Uh, You can pair him up with Jarvis Landry. Finally had uh, a 100-yard game last week. I know he's been frustrating all year, but he's only 5,800 on FanDuel. And Carolina's 30th in DVOA against tight ends. Maybe this is finally a week where Njoku gets going a little bit. He's only 3,900 on DraftKings. Probably not going to be touching the running backs. Uh, You know, Chubb's a guy that they want to get, you know, going here. But I just don't think I'm going to have room for him uh, in my player pool this week. All right, Chop, we smashing Christian McCaffrey at 9,300 again this week. Hey, I don't think I am. Just uh, so it boils down for me. But the only two guys for Carolina that I have any interest in are Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. Yes, I mean, you could include DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel in your player pool for GPPs. But even if I did that, I would probably set their uh, ownership percentage from from my personal lineup build, I'd, I'd, I'd pull a Dean and put him at 1%, make sure I get 1%. <laughs> because I just – I mean, this guy, when it, he spreads it around, I mean, they're just – they're all so unreliable. The only guys, Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, that's the only guys I have interest in over there. 
Cleveland, like Derek said, I, I could – man, you know, <laughs> Chubb's talented. We know what he can do. The upside is there. But there's just so many options this week. Like Derek said, I'm going to pass on the backfield here for Cleveland. Mayfield, Landry, even Callaway are in are in play right there. And Joku, man, I've, I've fallen for this guy, this trap, so <laughs> yeah. many times this year. But another great man. Now, he had the same great matchup last week, and he completely let us down. Don't get me wrong. I'll take a shot at him. He's got the talent. He's got the matchup. He's got a good quarterback. <sighs> Just take a shot and hope he pieces it together. But I like the passing attack here for Cleveland. I don't even mind Ian Thomas on the other side. I mean, 2,700 for a tight end, and Olsen done for the year, so he's going to get opportunities. Uh, got a lot of talent coming out of college, so uh, he's intriguing uh, to save some money at the tight end. But I like this game a lot. I think it's intriguing. There's a lot of ways you can go, but I'm definitely on Team McCaffrey. It just continues to get it done. The price continues to climb, but with good reason uh, there on McCaffrey. All right. The fantasy gods, the football gods, boys, they were smiling on your boy here when Mike McCarthy was fired after that <laughs> game. I, I'm, the smiles from year to year here. And ex, excited, ecstatic just to see what the future holds. But for now, Joe Philbin filling in, the offensive coordinator. What does that mean, Chop? What does it mean for Green Bay? Is it is it a hands-off approach? What do we do with Aaron Jones? Can we go back to that? Well, the price went up. You know, maybe Joe Philbin's a, a Williams guy. Who knows? So how are you attacking Green Bay here? And on the other side, Atlanta, been a disappointment all season long. Where's the interest level there in this game? Yeah, you're right. We don't – We don't. I mean, everybody's going to get excited, but we don't know what the new head coach that's, has in mind. So, problem. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an issue. Uh, I'll start off with the Atlanta side, like you said. Well, I'd like to get the weather here closer to game time. It's Green Bay. It's December. Sometimes that has a, a way of uh, being cold and nasty out there. Matt Ryan's always been a guy that's performed better indoors in Atlanta under the dome. So I'd have some issues with this entire passing attack if, if it was really – if it was nasty, cold weather. It's not his kind of thing. So I think it would bring everybody down, even though Julio Jones is a mutter. So I could play, I could play Julio Jones, but the rest of those guys would be off limits to me. Green Bay, man, I think I can go to Aaron Jones here. Price has risen, though. Maybe, hopefully, they turn him loose here finally. But I'll say this much. Deion Jones came back for Atlanta last week. Um, obviously, helped him out, made him look a lot better. Just one guy can make your defense look better like that. So I'd be a little bit leery of thinking this is the same Atlanta defense that got torched all year long because they are a little bit healthier now. Uh, so – but I could go with Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams is absolutely 100% matchup proof. And that's the guy I would roll with, with Cobb looking like he's back again. Like, I think he was back last week. I mean, that kind of takes that entire four-headed monster of Cobb, ESB, MVS, and Jimmy Graham off the board for me. Adams is the only guy I want in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, he always gets a ton. Even in an ugly game, ugly loss, he still gets his numbers, still gets his targets. So – Derek, what are you doing with Green Bay here? Again, we're excited. There's change. Finally, we wanted McCarthy out. He's gone. But what do we do with this offense here? Can you play Aaron Jones? I love the thought of going back to him. The price is up. He disappointed everybody. Also a little scared. But I look at the line, six-point Green Bay favorites here at home against Atlanta. You know, that's a lot higher than I would have put it at. So what do we do with the Packers? And then is it just Julio or Bust on the other side? 
Yeah, lots of like in this game. Uh, how much do you think Aaron Rodgers had to pay uh, Crosby to miss that field goal? Oh, he wouldn't talk to him. Just, just <laughs> put one off the post and we're, we're home free, buddy. So those two are boys, so they're probably yeah. out celebrating. Yeah, they got to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting big things from Green Bay here. Their offense has just been struggling all year. Uh, just makes sense after they fire McCarthy just for them to have a huge game. Nice matchup against the Falcons, whose defense has been struggling all year. I'm fine with Rodgers. I love the spot for Devontae Adams. He's had a string of tough cornerback matchups. Um, I'm not too worried about that with the Falcons. They're ranked 28th in DVOA against number one wideouts. And he's matchup proof anyway, like Chop said. So love Adams here. I think you can pair him up with Rodgers. I do think you can play Jones. You got to think that, uh, you know, they're going to change things up a little bit, not give Jamal Williams uh, so many carries uh, or so many snaps. Uh, in this game where they are going to be playing from ahead. And if Chop said, if the weather's bad, you could play Aaron Jones, uh, you know, mix him up with the Packers defense as well as a nice little correlation play there. We know Matt Ryan has not been good outdoors historically. If that's going to be a bad uh, weather game, I really like that correlation play. And for the Falcons, it's pretty much uh, one guy, and that's Julio Jones. I was finally on the right side of him. I had him in my lineup up until Sunday, ended up taking him out. I had that really bad game against Baltimore. It's kind of going to be the squeaky wheel narrative a little bit. Uh, there was the lowest uh, uh, passing yards for Ryan in his career uh, when he has attempted at least 10 passes. So, and one of the worst uh, games of Julio's career. So I do expect uh, him to get going 7,900 for a guy that was basically getting 20 plus fantasy points every week uh, before last week. I think it's a really good buy low spot on him. And yeah, the rest is just going to be weather. Just checking the weather up until kickoff. So let me get this straight. You were on Julio. You took him out. And he had a bad game. Finally. I was so on the yeah, right you're, side. You're breaking the, the streak. So it must count if he's even in your lineup on Sunday at any point <laughs> that the streak continues. So I think it is a great spot to go back to him. You know, the young Green Bay corners I'm, I'm encouraged by, but they're not shut down corners. So Julio, this feels like a, a spot where this could go over that total. I uh, could get some back and forth here. And if Green Bay's offense shows any improvement, I think Atlanta – can keep up. So an intriguing game stack, a lot of ways you can go with that one. And that'll wrap us up here, guys, for part one of the DFS OGs podcast covering week 14. Again, come on back for part two. We will discuss waiver wire wonders, Jeff Wilson, Jr., Jalen Samuels. How do you want to play them in your lineups? Do you want exposure? Do you want to fade them? We will answer those questions along with some other user questions. Guys, any final thoughts here before we get out of here for part one? Derek? Yeah, I'm just excited to hear Chop's season-long update. Want to see if he uh, snuck into the playoffs somehow. Yeah, we'll see. We'll get that update. It's always a, a thing we look forward to in part two. Chop, you want to give any any hints, any hot takes, any uh, anything before we get out of here for part one? Uh, my only teaser would be we will also discuss – round one of the best ball championship and uh in addition to the season long update but for now i've got some chinese food waiting man we got to get going we go we got to get out of here you don't want to call chinese food nothing worse than that so for head shopping for notorious i am beers and salu thank you for listening everybody we'll see you right back here in part two variety